Hey, it's Brian K. Vaughn, and you're listening to Chris's Comics. Chris's Comics Podcast. My name is Chris and this is a podcast about comic books. With me, as always, is punk rock pirate time lord, Mr. Jay Bidet. Hello. How are you, man? I'm fine. I'm hungover, but fine. Hungover, but fine. And yeah. supping on some orange soda. Yeah, gets me through. Do you love it? I do love Yeah, I love orange soda. Your girlfriend doesn't understand that reference. No, she's far too young. Wow. Anyway, where do you... <laughs> I Enjoyed. understand that reference. <laughs> Thank you. The, the dulcet tones you just heard there, that American twang, is our special guest for the first time on this podcast, but hopefully not the last. Uh, from Skeleton Crew Podcast Network fame, it's none other than <laughs> the field mouse himself. Hello. Joining us live from Nashville, Tennessee, from, from the Mouse Cave. How are you, man? I'm doing all right. And thank you for recording this episode for me because I am just inept. My my computer is just incapable of such technical advancements. So thanks for that, dude. No problem. Mine's built for recording. For anyone who might not have listened to a Skeleton Crew podcast, what what would you like to explain? Well, either you could yourself feel mouse. I don't know why I turned to Chris then to say that, but do you want to explain like you your like relationship with comics? Because it's not like you just like comics; you work with comics to a degree. I do, and uh, we we used to podcast about comics until Jay stopped reading them. But uh, yeah, I work at. That's uh, all right. You can come on this now, dude. <laughs> I know exactly. Screw him. <laughs> it depends. I've got I've got like a, a, an X Men quota limit here, and if that is reached, I'm cutting you off. That's what's happening. Oh yeah, there's going to be a lot of mutey talk. Oh, I was, I was about to call it. Jay a flat skin, but I don't want to. I don't want to waste it. So, um, yeah, I work. I work at Rick's Comic City in Nashville, Tennessee, in the United States. So, shout I out consider, to Rick's Comic City. I consider comics I, to be one of my three main passions in life. So, yeah, and I have an X Men tattoo. So, deal with it. I don't yet. I'm always- weird. I think you don't have enough comic tattoos. No, I don't. You have Spider-Man, Batman. I actually got called a racist the other day because I read X-Men. What? What? How does that work? (laughs) (laughs) Because in the current X-Men storyline, they've, um, you know, they've developed their own island and and they're like saying no humans allowed and stuff like that. And some of the stuff they're doing isn't necessarily good guy stuff. But mm. uh, one guy we'll go was, into that in a bit. Yeah, he was claiming that they were bigots because they won't let humans on their island, and I was, I was just like, you know, mutant and proud. And, <laughs> so they took that to be, oh right, so you're a total racist. Well, I said, yeah, he said you're a racist, and I was like, eh. 
Shut up, flat scans. Sure. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's it's racist if you if you're against hu- humans themselves. That's why I always argue about like that's why I like Hydra. Like I've had it in work. I've got Hydra belt buckle, and one of the lads has gone. I'm sure you can't work that because were that because weren't they Nazis? We're like, nah, they were better than Nazis. Nazis were actually racist. Hydra just hated people as a whole, which is the humanity as a whole, which is far better. I can agree with that. I can understand. But they were also like, racist. Ah, they were ra- they were racist towards anyone who wasn't Hydra. Name one black Hydra member. Um, <laughs> in Captain America. <laughs> The what's his name? The, oh, the main one, yeah, yeah, yeah. the bald guy. The bald guy who who's in all the memes is Hail Hydra, black. Boom. I'm it, sure. Oh, in, in the movie. Yeah, yeah in, in the, the movie. movie. In oh, the yeah. comics, in the comics, they've all got Hydra uniforms on, so can't really tell. I always like to think that one of them is at least mixed race or with black. <laughs> so that's, that enough. that'll do for me. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so <laughs> here we are. We're going to talk about what uh, new books we've been reading recently. Just have a bit of a, a catch-up episode. So, uh, do you want to go first, Phil Mouse? Like, you know, what what books have you been enjoying recently? Uh, I suppose I can. Um, I mean, I've been like, of course, I've been reading all the X Men titles and yeah, loving all those. Yeah, let's just get this out of the way right now. <laughs> oh, just go ahead and get that out of the way. Yeah, go on. I can see Chris has like got he's tentatively got a few X Men comics in front of him that I think <laughs> he thinks you're going to talk about. So yeah, I've got X Factor. What do you have against X Men? It's it, the weirdest thing. Like, is I did used to read. I, I went through a phase of I was reading X Men ninety two when Secret Wars was going, and I enjoyed that. But I just think it just gets too convoluted and stupid. Like Chris just has to even tell me some of the storylines that's going on. I just couldn't care. Like. It's messy time travel stuff. I don't like messy time travel. I can't argue with that. That's why I don't like the Flash. The Flash pisses me off as well. Messy time travel. Don't like it. But you love Back to the Future. But that's not messy time travel. But as explored in Infinity War, or Endgame, should I say. Endgame. That's not how how time travel works. Again, Endgame just about got away with it. I like time travel when it works. But X Men, I'd love it if X Men just did stories that didn't involve that whatsoever. That's why I liked X Men '92. I really enjoyed that. Ironically, that was traveling back in time. Yeah, the don't really have to go to '92. <laughs> well, Back to the Future does have messy time travel. It's just on a smaller scale. It, that's that's the thing. It's more forgivable. It's more charming. Whereas I feel like in so isn't Cable like C- Cable's got killed by him his younger self from the future? Yeah. Cable See, is just... messy, convoluted time travel. Like all, his entire backstory is that. So I, I said I can't argue that. If you don't like uh, convoluted time travel, you're not going to like Cable. No, yeah. that's the thing though. I feel like when there's if I bet there is X Men stories out there that can be. I read because um, it's Eve's favorite story. Is I read Dark Phoenix, uh, Phoenix Saga. Sorry, is that what's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, think. Yeah, I read that and I enjoyed that. Especially for being being of its time, you know the way it's you know the way it's written and stuff. But I enjoyed that because there was no one randomly zapping back in time and shit like that. Why you, you wouldn't like... you wouldn't like Days of Future Past then? No, I don't think I would. There's no like... time travel going on right now in X Men. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. If you're not a fan of that, this is actually a perfect jumping on point because it's a whole new regime, so to speak. Um. Yeah, come on. Sell. So whilst you talk about it, you're gonna you two are gonna try and sell this to me. Well, now, I've, I've told you in the past, they're all on Krakoa now, you know, and it's just like this mutant paradise. Uh, 
and they basically. Why can Professor be... X walk now? Because he Phil took up Phantom X's body. Because he's what? Because he put his brain in Phantom X's body. Right. Did Phantom X give him permission for that? Yes. Okay, that's fine. And uh, sense which, is important. Which there's a new uh, giant size X Men Phantom X comes out this Wednesday, and that'll be the first time we've seen him since this happened. So it's who knows what's going to change in that story, but but that so wait, was... that's this is the first time. Like when you say he, when you see him, are you talking about Phantom X or Xavier? Phantom X. Right. Okay. So see, I'm already getting confused. So, <laughs> Xavier is in Phantom X's body, but Phantom X is still about. See, that's the that's the question that hopefully will be answered in Giant Size X Men Right. So, what's happened to Xavier's body? Where is that? Uh, it probably died. I don't remember. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but this is the thing now. Like that was in the last astonishing X Men run. When X Men die now, when mutants die, they can be resurrected. And you think, oh well, that's going to be dead boring because what's going to be the stakes in any of the stories yeah, now? Yeah. But it actually allows them to explore very different kind of themes and it's it's really it's really interesting i mean x-men the flagship book itself i don't know about you phil mouse but like i'm finding that a really weird read because each book is its own separate like um it's almost like an anthology book isn't it yeah yeah i mean issue 10 that just came out was supposed to be an empire tie-in which wasn't really that you know it was closer than empire x-men though yeah yeah i guess so yeah so there's x-men issue 10 which is an empire tie-in and they've also got empire x-men issue one that came out so (laughs) they're just milking it but um yeah something happened in this though i'm I'm just looking through it now trying to find basically um i can't remember which book it was in was it in x factor where at the end there was just like a a mic drop from professor x Oh no, it was that was it. It was um X Men Fantastic Four last issue. Did you read that film house? Yeah. That was another oh, one man. where the uh guys that were calling me racist for like an X Men were talking about how they you know, were bad people for tearing up uh Reed's toy and, and kidnapping a son and blah 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 and I, I uh I said, Fuck Reed Richards for one thing. Because <laughs> nobody kidnapped his son. His son ran away from home when he found out that his father was using his anti-mutant technology to keep him locked in his room. And then when the X-Men found out about it, I mean, come on, when you have a... Like, this isn't the first time they've had to deal with a uh, something that turns off your mutant abilities. And it was wep- it's weaponized every time somebody does it. And mm. the fact that Magneto showed up and only destroyed your toy means they got a lot of respect for you Reed. <laughs> yeah i mean that title itself i wasn't really a fan of it i didn't like the art by terry dodson at all i don't mind his cover work but i don't think he works as an interior artist i mean look at that face look at that reed richards face right there <laughs> on the first page it's just like two dots it, it's yeah i did not like the i art. like it and no it was... i think you're being harsh i like the coloring and the art on it the writer was like chip sadarsky and usually, you know, he's really good, as we'll talk about Daredevil in a bit. But I was not a fan of this book at all. Um, the only bit that really got me was in the last in the last issue, right at the end, like like you were just saying, how Reed Richards has come up with this device to basically nullify his son's mutant powers, so he wouldn't go to Krakoa and leave the Fantastic Four and all that. Right. 
eventually, you know, shit kicks off, Doom gets involved, but eventually Professor X and Magneto come to visit Reed and destroy his machine and wipe his... Professor X literally just wipes his memory so he cannot ever invent that device again. again. And it's pure just like... And then right at the end here, you see, like, he's not wiping his, his memory of his time doing this, but he wants him to remember this is not a game to us. This is our right to survive. And he just walks out with Magneto and says, welcome to the new world. And it's like, damn. <laughs> damn. Like, he's like, he's liking. following. Yeah, he's, but he's, like, following Magneto's ideals now. Almost. And it's like, Magneto was right. He was. He was. You know. Almost everybody that isn't a mutant has at some point tried to kill all mutants. And for to, I mean, it was a long time coming. And the other thing is, J- Jonathan Hickman is writing this, so we're nowhere near the end game of what's, ha- what's going to happen to these people. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Hickman did um, that Avengers event that we really liked, Infinity. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, so this is why I think you might enjoy the new X-Men stuff. He also released um, West. Oh, yeah. Another critically acclaimed indie. I've seen that advertised. I've never read it. Oh, um, Yeah, but uh, did you read issue one of X-Factor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that. Did you like it? I did. I thought it was okay. I'm not the biggest fan of um, Leah Williams' writing, to be honest. Um, and David Baldion, he did that Domino series, didn't he? And I usually like his work, but I kind of found it in this book to be a little bit off. Like I thought some of the characters were just tiny in some of the panels, and I don't know, the character work didn't didn't work that well for has me. Has that guy this. got eyes all over his body? Yeah, that's Eye Boy. So does his Jap's eye actually be an eye? Say what? Oh, what's it? Oh yeah, you can't call it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you call it? The, hole, re- the hole at the end of your penis. You re- urethra. Oh, yeah. Did you call it a jab's eye? <laughs> well, no, we called it something else, but we, we need to censor that out. <laughs> I don't think that's I'd, politically I'd, correct. Sorry, now. yeah, it probably isn't politically correct. That's just schoolboy schoolboy language. <laughs> I didn't even think of then. Yeah. yeah. That's probably not, that is not woke to say that at all. Don't forget, we do have a listener in Japan as well. Yeah, fucking hell. Sorry, I, I apologise. Literally, that was more, that is the 10-year-old schoolboy and he oh, just like said, that's how you address that part of your body as a kid. I just, I, I just realised what you said too. Holy shit, that is wrong. Yeah, yeah dude, I didn't even I didn't even clock it until he said that. I was like, holy shit, yeah, you can't say that. That's yeah, like, that is you not can't right. see how red our faces are right now. Like, we're literally blushing. Nerd Underground over. doesn't get that racist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is exactly what everyone's talking about, because you just don't realize how much is ingrained into you, like, that you think yeah. that that's was fine true. to say. There's so many, and I mean, it, it'll get us off point, but there's so many, like... Uh, just common phrases out there that are just born in racism like paddy wagon and uh my my boss always says uh jury rig which was originally jerry rig which was racist against germans and oh yeah i mean god i i saw i used to work with some like some guys and they were well younger than me they were like 18 when i was like 25 
and they would say and they were absolutely the nicest guys like you would think like they were even went to church and stuff like i never heard they saw them drink or smoke and then one day they described one of the mates as half cast and well, i was that's, just like that that's how i was brought up to say that yeah and then and i, I, just, I like, said it recently and someone was like you can't say no that I, I knew then because i used to have a mixed race friend and he used that's that's what it you know, he was cool with like but that, it's, that yeah. term, but apparently but, it's... like people think like that's the term to use and it's like it's not see x-men we were talking about x-men and we're straight into racism <laughs> so this x-factor book right um yeah x-factor book it looks like it's going to be like the, the the mystery kind of detective book now basically it's, it's better when peter davis writing it but yeah, I need to read his X Factor stuff. I've got one of his trades sat there, and I've just never got around to it. I've heard it's really good. Which one? He's written like three different X Factor. Uh, let me turn around and have a look. While you do that, it's called. I will um, say, the longest night. Look on, put your piece back in. The longest night, volume one. Oh yeah, that's his. Uh, I believe that's the X Factor Investigations run, which is great. Yeah, that's, that was the best comic book coming out in, in its time, in my opinion. Really? And um. Sick. This X Factor, I like it. I'm not a, I don't care a lot about any of the members of the team. Yeah, I think that's the that's the problem I had too. I mean, I I like Rachel, you know, from like Excalibur and stuff. And I like the fact that she's got a werewolf as a pet now. Yeah, I love um, Rachel. I I don't like Dakin at all. No, isn't that like Wolverine's son? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Yeah. So basically, what we mentioned before, how you know, mutants are resurrected. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of demand, you know, for who's resurrected and when. You know, that's everyone waiting mm. on this page here. They're hanging up who they want to be resurrected. And Northstar has just sensed that his sister's died. And he, like, he comes in and he's like, you know, resurrect my sister, like, right now. And they're like, whoa, hang on. Like, we need proof of it, not just a feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like, basically, bring me a body. So that's what this book is about, him sort of teaming up with some of the mutants. Polaris gets involved. Um, Polaris you can... being the only former member of X-Factor, too. Yeah, yeah. She's Magneto's daughter. When, you, when you're when resurrected in this, can you pick when you're resurrected? Like, if I was to be... Because if I died, guys, just so you know, if, if I die and this pit exists, you need to resurrect me age 17. You get... Nothing. Not. I want to be invincible <laughs> again. You don't. Go, I don't want to be resurrected in this state. Otherwise, I'll just be bitterly depressed. You do. It's, it's your most recent form, and oh. you, you and you're backed up on like Xavier's iCloud as well from like the past like thirty days or something. <laughs> so, Xavier's iCloud. But you get, a mess you get... waiting to happen, and that's what uh, Don and <laughs> or what House and Powers was all about was showing yeah. you exactly what is probably going to happen in the future. And yeah. Just, just uh, again, uh, and ignoring the terrible faux pas I said before. What is with so what? Eye boy's power? He can just see loads from his his arm and his inner thigh. I don't get everything. He's making crocs there out of his eyes. But do, what does he just have eyes? I mean, those are his just eyes, anyway. eyes, but he can see everything. When at his most powerful, he's supposed to become one of the most powerful mutants. Like. He can see literally everything in every spectrum. Spectrum, like, like he's basically the Watcher. <laughs> right. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll like that. I'll let he's him. young right now and and doesn't know his full potential. But yeah. Yeah. So X Factor was okay. Um, I enjoyed Cable Issue too, though. I liked it. It is kind of. 
Like, uh, we were joking about it at the shop because uh, the uh, cuckoos are essentially like Emma's like clone daughters. Mm-hmm. And Emma was dating Scott for such a long time that it's almost like, uh, you know, Cable's making out with a stepsister. Yeah. Which is, which so, is what's so, hot in the porno world right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so Cable is dating the the cuckoo stuff for cuckoos. All of them. Um, all, all of them. them. No wonder he looks so happy on the front. <laughs> Look at that smile. Look at that sword. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was really cool actually. I like the idea of it. But basically, of course you um, do. <laughs> they're having the last laugh because they're literally just roasting him. Like, they're all there, like, because they can see what's going on with their sister, and they're just, like, essentially going to lead him on and break his heart, because they're, they're fucked up. <laughs> but, um, right, so does he know he's dating five women? Yeah. Or, yeah. Right, and do the, do the, why is he, why is this a thing, like, when he, do they all have to date the same person? But I don't understand why he just... No, they're just doing it for the fun. Yeah, yeah. Because they've doing... had stories where one of them's dating somebody, and the others are like, like oh, why are you doing that? Right, okay. I mean, you say, like, oh, they're messing with him to break his heart, but to be fair, if if five sisters who look like that wanted to mess around with me with the end game of breaking my heart, fucking throw my heart out the window, <laughs> shatter that heart <laughs> happily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in, I can't remember what X-Men book it was, but they were they were they came to someone and said, I'll uh, put me in touch with Cable, didn't they? That was in the last issue of Wolverine. Wolverine, that was it. Yeah, they were because he needed like, them oh. to uh, flirt with, or it was either Wolverine or X Force. He needed them to flirt with Quentin Quire. Yeah, that was right, something. Quentin. Yeah, and they told him, "You know what we want? We want Cable." Yeah, I don't know how Logan's going to give him Cable, but whatever. I guess because he's living in the same house. Yeah, well, let's talk about that at the moment. There's a weird love triangle going. I mean, there's always been a love triangle with with Logan, Scott, and Jean. But they're actually living together in the same house now, and they go on holiday together and stuff. And it's like a really weird. No, here's the thing, and here's where representation matters, because <laughs> I am in a polyamorous relationship. Yeah, no offense there, Matt. I didn't so mean they... like weird in like. No, you know, I know. I'm, I'm just saying. I I just like that. Like that's that's a really interesting uh, modern take on. It on is, their yeah. Love triangle. But what is going on? It's polyamorous. Is she with both of them? Is she getting with both of them? Yeah. Oh, oh, is she? Is, is that being confirmed? I mean, I mean, it's kind of obvious, but it's I obvious. Just, it's it's I, not something kind of that they've thing. like written out in big letters or anything, but like, yeah, yeah. It's pretty interesting, but um, Scott's still getting it in the ear from from uh, Emma Frost here as well. I love this in, in Cable number two. He's just sat there, like, happily about to eat this sandwich, and <laughs> Emma Frost comes storming in, like, and he's trying to, like, talk to her. Marcel eating his sandwich. Because <laughs> that detective told him to eat a Philly cheesesteak before he went home. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, and what's this bit at the end of this issue with, like, old Cable? What's going to happen here? I don't know. That's the Another- Another time, another place. Older cable. So you're gonna get like a little second story in this book at the end, maybe. Yeah. Cool. I'm all for that. Give me well, old Jerry cable. Jerry writing the Marauders as well, so that's why I was kind of excited. Yeah. Because I don't oh, really Marauders like young cable. So yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah. I mean, you're a fan of Jerry Duggan as well, aren't you? Because mm-hmm. he's a dead rabbit. 
Um, so yeah, you might you might like his stuff. Marauder, I keep pushing Marauders on you because that's my favourite of the Dawn of X books. Really enjoying that. What would um, you like to talk about, JB? I I would want to talk about. Let's talk about. <laughs> You've got it in your hand, so you clearly want to talk about it. So Shazam, do you want to talk about Shazam? Yeah, me and JB are loving Jeff Johns' run on Shazam at the moment. Unfortunately, it's ending. Is it? Yeah, it's ending. Uh, let me see when the last issue is. Oh, it's you do that. Have you been reading this film, Mouse, or not? I haven't, but it's been taking so long for it to come out, I don't think you have to worry for it about it ending. Like, If they got three issues left, you got a good year or so of Shazam. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I know what you mean. I do feel like I've been reading this forever. Yeah, so it's gotten bad about that between Doomsday Clock and Shazam. Come on, Jeff. It's got two issues left, 14 and 15, and the last issue comes out on September 22nd, which is sad. But, um, yeah, if if he can't can't keep up with it, then that's fine. I'd prefer that just to end it rather than stick another writer on that doesn't care as much, you know? Yeah. No, it's just been it's just been good, wholesome fun, like magic and all sorts. I'm really I'm really watching what I say because I'm the <laughs> Jay and Field Mouse are like sharks when it comes to me, waiting for me to slip up. Little scent of blood, and they're there, <laughs> and I'm in the fucking pool right now with the shark. So. <laughs> I'm not as bad as Jay because Jay just makes shit up. <laughs> That's true. Um. But one thing that I got interested in here was there was so in the Monsterlands it shows what looks to be like a Superman, yeah, right. And I'm gonna guess he's, I kind of guessing he's gonna be a bad Superman because he's in the Monsterlands and he's been trapped for this time. So I don't know how that works. But what really threw me off is if he's gonna be so evil, I don't think the dialogue, <laughs> what the heck is that? Is a very evil thing to say. Would you know? You know, he won't even say hell. <laughs> Maybe it's Superboy. I don't, know. I don't know. I mean, it is it is good, and it's, I like the fact... I like it when a comic can just do... So all this comic is is literally the battle that they're about to have, the fight of them, them the monsters all showing up, and that's it. It doesn't, it doesn't go on for too long. The battle doesn't end too much, and then too much happens. And that's why I've been liking it. I feel each issue is quite contained of the what is happening right there and then. And, it's just, and the covers, every cover we could frame, couldn't we? Oh yeah, we get. I'm getting the variant covers, and they're so nice. Even the regular covers are good, though. I mean, the the art in this book by Dale Eaglesham. He's one of my favorite artists. Absolutely love his stuff. He just draws the fuck out of this book. It'd be wild um, for Superboy Prime. What's oh. that? It's Jeff Johnson. So, oh yeah, that, yeah. Too. That's true. That's a good point. That's what, probably who it is. What Superboy Prime? Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. But um. Another book that we've been loving, well, I've been loving, I don't know your thoughts on this, is Deceased Dead Planet, the sequel to the first Deceased. Did you read Deceased for your mouse? I read the first one, and I read a few issues of Unkillables. Yeah. But I kind of fell off of it just for various unrelated reasons to how good it was. It was a good book. I just fell off of it. Mike, I, I feel for you because I feel like if I worked in your environment, the pressure to read everything is just like a kid in a candy store. I feel like you just... It is. Yeah. And sometimes like if they put out a book that has just like the first appearance of some fucking nobody, um, well. <laughs> am I not allowed to curse on this one? <laughs> no, no, no. It was just more like 
Um, you're saying that, and I can see Chris eyeing up the Spider-Man free comic book day because we, that yeah, was yeah, that's a good example of it. Virus. Seriously, like, like they like they'll put out these fucking first release first appearances, and then all the speculators dive on it. And at our store right now, because of uh, DC's jump away from Diamond, we're having trouble keeping a lot of DC stuff in stock. So a lot of times, I'll be trying to keep up with a book, but then it'll sell out before it hits the wall. And then I just don't bother jumping back on. Like the only DC books I'm reading right now, I'm getting suicide squad and, uh, Oh, that's Tom Taylor, isn't it? Yeah. And Justin I need to, loaned us. I out. need to read that. Justice league dark. I've been reading that. Nice. And there are two titles that I want to read. So are they, are they good? Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Especially suicide squad. That was one that surprised me. Because it's all new characters with yeah. uh, Deadshot and Harley Quinn, and uh, but the story is just so good. There's a whole sequence in one of them where Deadshot's talking to Batman, and Deadshot's wanting to retire, and he's like, "I want to go, and I want to, I want to be for, there for my daughter. I want to, I want to be her dad." And Batman's like, "You don't need to go see your daughter. You don't need to put a child in danger with your lifestyle." And he goes, "Who are you to tell me about putting a child <laughs> in danger? Have you met your Robins?" And it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Like, don't throw, don't throw oh, shit man. in glass houses. Tom yeah. Taylor's just so fucking good. Like, he's my favorite writer at the moment. Well, hold on. I've just realized. So, you, I remember ages ago when Tom King was writing Batman that Chris told me you dropped off Batman and that was a big thing for you because, like, you always got Batman. And now it's changed to James Tinian. And are you still not picking it up? Have you been scorned now? I've not been picking that up. It's really good. What happened with me and Batman is I, w- I had at one point, see, it's it's a collector thing. I at one point was trying to collect every Batman, which is a fucking tremendous <laughs> mountain to climb. <laughs> yeah, especially because DC, 90% of their books are all Batman-related books. Well, I'm just saying because, well, what happened was Tom King's was so boring that when I decided to drop it, I sold my entire Batman collection. Wow. And, oh, whoa. And my my reasoning behind that, I decided I was going to focus on collecting all of the X-Men books because even the most expensive X-Men book, which is X-Men number one or giant size X-Men number one, or be one of those, doesn't even come within a breadth of Detective 27 or Batman number one, as far as yeah. how much money I'm going to have to spend. So while I still have a nice mountain to climb and an adventure of trying to collect all this stuff, it's not as impossible. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And that's why I ended up dropping Batman and, and stopped getting it. And uh, I am going to try to get the trades for Tinian's books when they start coming out. Cause I really yeah, like I mean, it, it's just start. the Joker Wars just started, and I think it's going to be good. I'm enjoying it, you know. I haven't been able um, to read any of it because we can't keep it on the wall. Yeah, fucking punchliner. <laughs> Again, first appearance or whatever, new character. But going that was back the first to the big six... mistake from the new uh, DC distributor is we didn't get any copies of that last issue of Batman until two weeks later. Oh, shit. Yeah. Who is, who, right, who is distributing now for DC? They've got two of them, UCS and uh, someone else. And the big controversy between those two is they are both pretty much owned by major comic book retailers. Like, more or less, Midtown Comics is our DC distributor. 
for the album. And the reason why that's a bad, bad thing is, uh, like I said, we didn't get any issues of Batman 85 or 95, um, but Midtown had like 3,000 copies. So, of course they did. Exactly. So a lot of stores weren't able to get their copies of this new big, big time mm-hmm. book with the Joker war that everybody was wanting, but Midtown definitely had some. So it's like they're keeping or they could be keeping some of the more valuable books for themselves. It's just, yeah, they're definitely doing that. Dirty, I feel you know like, it. I feel like that's that, that sounds like something like you would see on like a John Oliver program, you know, like one of those late night shows where they're talking about, not say like some kind of like little mini scandal, some business scandal in America, like oh, on Patriot Act on Netflix. The little yeah, that's that's fucking bad, that man. A lot of stores just they can't afford to. Uh, I mean, we're a fairly big store, but there's a lot of stores out there that just can't afford the extra shipping costs to have DC shipped from a separate place, and so they have to drop DC. We've got t- contingency plans in case we decide to drop DC. Wow, that's crazy. I feel like every year DC DC has been having the year twenty twenty for like the past decade. Everything just seems to slowly every year. We've always had to go. Oh God, DC something. But well, as soon as as soon as um fucking what was his name um the guy that just left DC Dan DiDio Dan DiDio as soon as Dan DiDio left. Like that was. By the way, I didn't remember his name. I just made noises, and if you listen back, <laughs> I literally just went "damn dear" because I know it's something like that. <laughs> yeah, as soon as he left or got pushed out, everything just seemed to fall apart for them. What's funny um, about that? Uh, my coworker Justin hates Dan Didio with a passion, and the reason why is because multiple times in interviews, Dan Didio has said that he wants to kill Nightwing. <laughs> Oh wow! And that's Justin's favorite. Justin character. loves Dick, doesn't it? Justin loves Dick. I wrote a song fact, about it. Yeah, it's still uh, song. Justin loves Dick. Download it now that, on uh, Bandcamp. That's right, <laughs> offbrandmusic.bandcamp.com. But uh, yeah, so when Didio quit, we just were like, "Oh, you can hear Justin partying." And then when DC started <laughs> shit in the bed, Justin was like, "Man, watch an interview with Dan Didio come out and show that he was the one keeping him afloat this whole time." <laughs> <laughs> It's like when you find out in Scrubs that it isn't it Doctor Cox isn't isn't actually the good guy. The real good guy is the actually nasty doctor because really behind the closed doors he's keeping all their jobs. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell yeah. The necessary evil. I'm like when you find sure. out that Snape was doing all this stuff to protect Harry. Yeah. Even though Snape really, was still like, a shithead. Fuck off my <laughs> fuck off my Scrubs analogy. Yeah, go with Snape. That was a much better <laughs> version of it. Well, I'm yeah, pretty sure like, every time we record, you have to sneak a Scrubs reference in there. Man loves Scrubs. Love Scrubs. Yeah, so it was a good show. Um, Dece- by the way, Deceased Dead Planet is amazing, by the way. It, it, I mean, I've, I, I've never read, you know what? I've never read Marvel Zombies, but it always seems kind of like a boring concept to me. It is. But Deceased Dead Planet. But when the characters have written this well. Yeah, it actually... it. I, I kind of I care about how they handle it, whereas in a weird way I don't care about how the Marvel characters handle it. And I think I've seen so much artwork showing that they all just get taken over anyway. They do. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of like, nah, I'm not. Maybe bot. if you got Taylor writing it, it'd be good. <laughs> well, Taylor's writing. Marvel Zombies is like, I mean, Robert Kirkman first wrote that, and uh, oh, of course he did the Walking Dead guy. <laughs> yeah, so he he knows a thing or two about zombies, but for whatever reason, he wrote that thing. You're following the zombies. And no one cares about that. 
you gotta follow the survivors. Yeah, yeah. that's and that's exactly what it's I feel the like. Survivor I... story. That's yeah, it. yeah. But um, going back to deceased, um, I've been reading this digital only book called Deceased: Hope at World's End. Oh God, you have as well. And it's this new thing that DC are doing. Wonderful idea where they just put out digital chapters. That was sarcasm, by the way, because I need this as a physical book because it is honestly, it's better than Dead Planet so far. It's my favorite book of the year. It's so good. It basically bridges the gap between the first to see series and Dead Planet. And you you follow, you know, your three main characters in this, and it's so good. You get like Zombie Black Adam, which is just amazing, and each issue is like an anthology. You know, the first one focuses on Jimmy Olsen and his involvement, you know, when it, this was all going down. Oh, I and see. Tom Taylor's just so good at the relationship between John and Damien, and it's just it's just wonderful. Um, and there's a moment in the Batcave where, like, Alfred is, like, comforting uh, Damien, and it's just beautiful. And I posted on my Instagram, Tom Taylor's the only guy, bar Brian K. Vaughan, that can make me laugh and cry when reading the same issue. <laughs> Like, and that's a special talent. He's such a good writer, man. But yeah, I do recommend it. Um, you, you should read it. It's only pray like in one movie that is money well spent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, it's only a pound or a dollar uh, on uh, any of the reading apps, Amazon, Comicsology. It's not like I'm selling it, but honestly, dude, check it out. If it's never going to be physical, I might have to succumb to that. You're gonna have to. I'll send you my naughty website, and you can check it out on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll give you my uh quick pitch of fuck digital only comics. But No, go go because I'm I'm I hate the fact that this is digital. As soon as soon as he said I want to read you should read this. I went, is it gonna be a physical copy? No, I went, no, fuck it then. I'm not interested. And you know what? Hearing you just sold it to me that I want to so read good. it. But that's the devil's work. I should be voting <laughs> with my wallet and not buying it and showing and, them uh, that doesn't work. Well, don't I read it for free? I've got a dodgy site. I use. Yeah. <laughs> well, go, I on, go on, field mouse. Hit, that's at least good. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna read it digitally, at least fuck the company for doing it because that's yeah. It is very much. And <laughs> I sound like a fucking conspiracy theorist, but it, it's very much DC trying to uh, stop printing books altogether. Yeah, they don't want to print books. Yeah, exactly. Because we know all the trouble that they're having with that. That's. But this is never going to happen, though. There's always going to be physical books printed. Surely, it's not all going to go digital. That's also why we built a contingency plan in c- just in case. Because they've got someone f- that works for AT and T that is uh working with DC, and I can understand it from a business point. She doesn't want to deal with uh, comic book stores. And the reason for that is it's easier to deal with one guy that owns a million stores like Books a Million than it is to deal with a million brick-and-mortar comic book stores and a million different people. And that's one of the reasons why they don't want to print comics. The other is just the cost of printing comics. But Harsh beans. Like, the fa- I, I, I get rid of... Get rid of- well, at least I used to be like get rid of newspapers, but then I watched something showing like local papers break like fifty six percent of the major stories in the U.S. Like it's it's done by it's broken by a local paper, which would never be digital. And by like Epstein, the thing that brought Epstein down was like a, lo- a local reporter in a t- in that town and just got the dirt. Mm-hmm. And then all the others, all the others ride the wave and report the same thing, but. Yeah, I feel like printed stuff is more important, especially when it comes to comics. I can't frame, I can't frame a digital fucking copy. 
Can't get. <sighs> well, I've been reading Doctor Strange. You know, Dr. Dot Strange. Surgeon yeah. Supreme. <laughs> Surgeon Supreme, and that's been good. Uh, but the issue I want to talk about in particular is issue three, which I thought would interest you. I'll just read the uh, mm. synopsis. Tattoo removal isn't in a surgeon's job description. No, it's not. Sex but when it, but well, yeah, but when one man's heavy metal tattoos begin coming to life, Doctor Strange will have to make an exception. With the clock ticking down rapidly, will Doctor Strange be able to save his patient or himself? Find out as Doctor Strange gets drawn into the diagnosis, literally. So this was a really interesting concept. Did you read it, Phil? Now, no, but it sounds like they stole the concept from Marked. From what? There's an indie book called Marked where people use tattoos to cast spells. Oh, that does sound very similar. But <laughs> he, he basically, this guy is—he's got—he's heavily tattooed, but he's like actually they stole this concept from an episode of X Files I watched recently. He's being aged like rapidly, so he's in like a hospital bed and he's—he's he's an old man, but he's actually like in his twenties. And it's because this demon has possessed him somehow. I can't remember. It was a while back I read this. But anyway, Doctor Strange ends up having to go inside the body of this of this guy to fight this demon. Mm. All the while, the world that when he's inside this guy's body, he's everything that he has tattooed on him is like um, is, is is he's fighting in it. So he's got a big dragon tattooed on him. So he's like having to fight this dragon and stuff. And I just thought, how funny would this be if they went into my body? Because they'd be having to and fight Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj and Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> you have Nicki Minaj tattooed on you? How do you not know this? Oh, it's huge. Yeah, wow. I've got a portrait of Nicki Minaj on my arm. Why? I call it my arm and <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Field Mouse. Asking the, asking the important questions. Not 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 when. Not not when did you get it? How much? Just why? Because <laughs> I agree. She's my guilty pleasure. Alright. I mean I'm not gonna judge you for liking Nicki Minaj. I just you know, okay. <laughs> it's it's honestly Surely thing... that's more embarrassing than being a flat earther. <laughs> well that would be the worst if you had like a frisbee on your arm and said Earth. <laughs> I'm getting it done. Getting it done. <laughs> I just like the fact it's right near your black flag tattoo. <laughs> yeah, it is it's right underneath it. It's so weird. Um, I mean, I've yeah, got, so a, that I've got a British band tattooed on my arm. So, yeah, Pop Willie itself. I've never heard of this band. I have heard of them. Never heard of them before. Feel mouth. No. I mean, the whole tattoo thing sounds. That sounds like they're just trying to make Doctor Strange into some weird House MD series. But, but what is it with comics and tattoos recently? What was the one where Wonder Woman had loads of tattoos of herself on her arms? Oh, uh, that was a variant cover for Death, Death Metal. Metal oh, yeah. Which yeah. I've not been enjoying. <laughs> I've enjoyed I Death Metal. I mean, it's really? silly, but... Yeah, it's just very Snyder. And I have a love-hate relationship with Snyder. Oh, I love Snyder. That might be why this... I like it. Yeah, if you love him, you'll be fine. Chris's love-hate relationship stems from the fact that he got cock-blocked by him three times trying to meet him. Do you remember that? Yeah, but when I eventually did, he was a lovely guy. He was. Really nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he was so busy at this con. Every time I arrived, the line was cut off, and I kept going back and kept trying to meet him, and the assistant was like, I'm really sorry, dude, but 
He's but finished for the he, day. He or... finished five minutes he's ago, and you can lunch. see he's just there, like yeah, and packing like... his stuff away. And there's no other, no one around, yeah. and I'm just there, like you're ten foot away from him, and yeah. he's refusing to see you. This is amazing. Wow. <laughs> he you filmed it. Actually, if you look on the Tortnado YouTube channel, I don't know if you've still got it up it there. Is, it is. Still it was. Our, it was probably our first video we uploaded. It's terribly edited. <laughs> It was terribly. It was like, filmed I'd, on a phone. I filmed some things in portrait, like a fucking monster. <laughs> it was the first time you did it. Your oh, horrible! Like a monster. Um, let, let's talk about another writer who I have a love hate relationship with, and that's Nick Spencer. And uh, let's talk about Amazing Spider-Man. Um, Are you still reading that? Because I know that, it, like, you were trying to get Leal to read it, which he's still refusing to do. But uh, are you still reading it? I dropped it. Oh, because he was dancing around the bush like from the first issue. He's had this fucking uh, kindred. Yeah. Kindred has been hanging out in the background and I'm like, "Ooh, what's this guy about? What's his deal? And then just nothing came up of it. It, it kept focusing on Peter's relationship with uh, with his roommates and stuff like that. And with yeah. and with fucking. Um, but there was a whole the whole other story happens. The big there was a big story with the, the guy collecting all the animal-related enemies and people the like that. And dropped really good. The hunt was dead good, but then it went straight from the hunt into... It was had to tie in with something, didn't 2099. It? That Tw- was garbage. It... Yeah, that because was garbage. Because it didn't do anything. Like, Peter nah. barely had anything to do with that. And I was yeah. like, I was excited, because the first book I ever subscribed to was X-Men 2099. And so I've, I've got a, a relationship with 2099 from a child, and I'm like, hell yeah. But then the the one shots were pointless. Like yeah. the fucking uh, Miguel's story was pointless. Like it, it was all yeah. pointless. And so finally, it was like, okay, I needed to make cuts on my list, and Amazing Spider-Man had to go because every time I got an issue, I was like, fuck, when are we going to get to the point? Well, yeah, we're nearly but... getting to the point. I'm on like, issue forty four, well, forty five, and it's still kind of like, <laughs> are we closer to the point? I, I mean... don't know. Kindred has, has definitely made a move, but it's the same kind of move that I would make when I was a teenager towards a girl. I think it's a big move, but it's probably nothing. I mean, yeah. So it's issue forty five that came out recently. Now I've got on Goodreads my rating for issue forty four. I gave that a two star. Did not enjoy it at all. Oh, didn't you? No. I liked that because I liked the whole dream sequence thing. I, that liked, was dead. I liked that. It was too too much again of like a, a divergence from, you know, get to the point. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I'm speculating about, you know, who is Kindred. I mean, have you got any ideas? I mean, I, well, the, well, so Kindred's acting like... It's, it's a person from Peter's path. I feel like I'm having a disco. Sorry, that, I was think, my, I think... uh, that was my alarm. In case. Oh, tell us when you, tell us when you need to go, dude, because I know you've got to go to work. No, I I got to be at work at noon. I'll be all right. That alarm. Okay. That that alarm, by the way, is the night begins to shine from Teen Titans Go. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> that did sound ominous as fuck. It sounded like, <laughs> like if you'd have told me that cable had just shown up in your room, <laughs> I would have believed you. <laughs> I think Phil Mouse would have a heart attack. Think his dad had gone to heaven. Oh, uh, um, which cable? Yeah. <laughs> the wrong eye is flashing, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I've I forgot where, where I was going with this now. You oh did... yeah, it's Kindred. Who is Kindred? I mean, I think it might be Mary Jane, kind of. Well, I know. I'm gonna go. I think it's Gwen. <gasps> I think you might have it there because because right? Have you noticed the whole lookout thing? 
in the latest issue, it was a very prominent lookout. Now, that's to do with Captain Stacy. Right. That was a really famous scene where it was lookout with Captain Stacy. And Nick Spence has kept fucking putting that those two words in the book for some time now. Oh, I, I just went off the fact that it's called Kindred. And Kindred, you normally say Kindred Spirit. And that's normally like someone you get along with when you have normally it's like a, when you of your youth it's not two old men who meet and get on aren't kindred spirits it's normally something you say about two young people and he was with gwen first who some would argue is his one is is true love I yeah don't know. and then miles he's got the whole well, the whole thing with spider-man is all about his relationships that's really the the, the spider bits always so you're you're putting your money on gwen I think i'm saying mary jane I think gwen. have you got any ideas phil mouth um the best theory i heard was uh ben riley okay but i think gwen makes more sense ben riley's a little bit too obvious yeah i mean people have said harry as well because he's not shown up in a while unless he's gonna tie in with this virus thing because who was virus was that i thought virus i mean we'll talk about the free comic book day spider-man book but i thought that was meant to be like an iron man thing because nah. he was dressed in iron man armor yeah but he went off on the goblin Went off oh, on the yeah. little got on the little goblin um, plane thing. Well, well, we'll talk about that book. The in a goblin minute. board. I mean, for now, Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, as I said, issue forty-four. I gave it two stars. Not a fan at all. But the latest issue, issue forty-five. Actually, I, I haven't read yet. I gave it five stars. It's my, it's my favorite Spider-Man. Book Has it got to the point? This year, no, oh, it hasn't. Fucking hell! It's, it's part of a new arc called Sins Rising, and. I really like the concept of it. Basically, this this baddie has come back, apparently from the dead. His name is Sin Eater. Someone's come back from the dead in comics. Are you kidding me? <laughs> His name's Sin Eater. One blames the X Men for having a reason for it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know, Matt. I just I, I, first of all, I loved the art, and it. it was Mark Bagley. He's one of my favorite, probably my second favorite Spider-Man artist next to Humberto Ramos. He did Ultimate Spider-Man, you know, mm. the original. Um, classic Spider-Man artist. So I loved the way the book looked. Really enjoyed the story and stuff. Um, there's also a, a part in here that is going to tie into Daredevil when we talk about that. Oh, where, is it? Um, in the past, when Spidey was wearing the black suit, um, he was going to kill Sin Eater, and Daredevil stopped him from doing that. So Daredevil stopped Spider-Man from crossing the line, which is really interesting. That is especially interesting with what's happening in Daredevil right exactly. now, actually. Yeah. Uh, but no, I I really, really enjoyed this book. Um, like I say, best Spider-Man book of the year. Uh, no kindred to be seen in it. But <laughs> Fucking I'm just, hell. I'm just enjoying this new story, you know. Oh. So we'll see where that goes. Well, what before we go any further, any, anywhere else, I was going to say... What what have you else have you been reading Fieldmouse? I feel like Chris has stolen away a little like a few comics there that you've not been on and you've just had to like essentially be an audience member for the podcast. No, I mean From, I wanted to talk Hey, it's about my show. <laughs> it is. It's Chris's comics. Uh Justice League Dark has been really good. Yeah, tell me about that cuz I want to read that. Essentially um they're rewriting the rules of magic in the DC universe. Like it gets revealed that magic was uh, basically stolen from from the gods, and the gods came back to get it back, and they end up breaking it. And 
it's it's just a very fascinating story where like Wonder Woman is trying to get in touch with her magical roots and she's like but I was born with magic I like rode a fucking unicorn when I was a kid and all the magicians like Zatanna and Constantine are like but you haven't been using it like we have you don't know what's really going on in this world and uh uh detective chimp is there and he's definitely not doesn't know any like it's got detective chimp and man bat as two people who are intellectuals and don't know much of anything about magic uh it's a really cool lineup i like the cast it is it's it's a very interesting book um justin got me to read it we started kind of a book club at work where we just trade off uh trades and full runs of stuff that other people want to read just to make sure that we're all on the same page. But yeah, no, I remember seeing the lineup like being, I don't know what I was reading, but I was like, Oh, it was uh, no justice, which yeah. I, which I really enjoyed actually. That was really cool. Yeah. Another Snyder hit for me, that one, but no, that's, um... I'll definitely pick that up. And Daredevil is Along... another one that I'm reading. Well, let's talk about Daredevil. Oh, let's yes. talk about Daredevil. I just got so, rock hard. I, <laughs> I read issue 21 because I, it was the start of a new arc, and I thought, oh, what the hell, I'll jump on. You know, it's a part one. When we got um, back in the red. Yeah. Um, so Chip Zdarsky was killing it, isn't he? Oh. And the art in it is really good. It's the art's good. amazing. Marco Chichetto, he did the cover on this one too. Yeah, I bought two copies because one for... I am going to read this run again. I've, I've just loved the whole thing. And then the other one that I'm never touching and there's that's getting framed and I've, it's beautiful. I love it. I, I yeah, was really so we, worried we talked when about... signed on for it too. Because I'd only read like, yeah, yeah. like he did Howard the Duck and I hated it. And like he, he <gasps> did so much oh, stuff. We loved Howard the Duck. We Brittany loved, loved Howard it too. The... It just wasn't my thing. Okay, and... fair enough. If you can if you can say that. That's, yeah, yeah. That's... I mean, it, it wasn't that it was bad. I just, I just didn't really care for it. I mean... Did you like? It was a um, bit harsh, but did you like his Fantastic Four book? I haven't two read and it. one. That's really good, man. I recommend that if, if you like Fantastic Four. I don't. Um, he does a really good. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he does. Um, he, he's just so good at character work, isn't he, Chip? You know. I'm trying so... to read Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four, though. I've heard good things about it. Oh, cool, cool. Well, it's got to be better than um, Dan uh, Slots. Fantastic Four. That's really gone downhill recently. And I was praising that at the start, but you I enjoyed it at the start. I like Dan Slott as a person. He just seems like a, a cool guy. Yeah, he does. But he just has his moments, doesn't he? Anyway, we're losing. So hold on. You you've started at number twenty one. Why would you not just start? If you can do digital, why would you not even have just done number one? You've had me in your fucking I've, ear I've telling read... you to read it, and you've got the ability to do it, and you start at twenty one like re- some kind of cretin. I read number one when it came out. I just didn't carry on for some reason. I had too much on my list. You didn't like the idea of uh, Matt Murdock just hanging out on a roof using his hearing and calling the police? <laughs> what was that? Is that what he did? No, he's yeah. just... Oh, I, I, love, I, lo- I love Daredevil. I, I don't know what it is specifically that I like, but I think that's the most interesting comic and the, mo- the one I get the most excited. I, I don't know if it's because of the way he chips right in it to show the dynamic between... Like him and his, like his ethics on justice and his religion, and or I don't know if it's the way he's um putting kingpin having like a story arc, and the, but the the two never really meeting until uh, issue twenty, and even then they're not meeting to go against each other. It just so happens to be like two ships in the night, as it were, 
I, I don't know. I just felt, but I fucking love it. I love everything about that. And I love the character. I always loved her as a character. And yeah, I do agree. Like a lot of his time, he's either listening out for crime, going to stop it, or listening out for crime and calling the police mm-hmm. as he did in that issue. But I still, I, I love him to death. It's just his heart. His heart is always in the right place. I love him too. He's like the most cursed character yeah, 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 like his like trying to. I was trying to explain to someone in work his powers. It was like he doesn't have powers, but he has heightened senses. But then again, he doesn't really have all his senses as he's blind. But he's not as entirely blind. And they were like, "What? So what? What can? What can he actually do?" When he's just dead good at fighting and he can hear stuff, like that, that's about he, it. But if he you give him like punch. he could take a punch, he's not afraid of anything. Yeah, and... yeah, he can take man without fear can, can jump, leap off buildings, and that's the thing he can do other things that other people can't do because he can see and hear everything a little bit better yeah. in its own ironic way. Um, but yeah, he can take a punch, and he just can't keep a girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> but he gets around, man. The man gets around. He does for somebody man. who's. He said, like, Blind. how many girlfriends have died? And, oh. like, his wife got institutionalized. In this run, he just started, like, oh. He just, he just like, saw a girl in a, in a shop and was just like, I'm going to try and bang her. He just, that was it. It was There was no real build-up to it. He just kind of met this woman and was like, I'm going to start dating her, no matter what. The, and he knew the costs. He knew the, the issues that were going to be. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to do that. Meanwhile, he's having a total ethical struggle over how he should act now that he's accidentally killed a criminal for the first time, mm-hmm. which I love. I loved that. I loved him, like, the defenders all like going, oh, no, we've definitely accidentally killed people, and we're fine with it, and him going, like, you're horrible, horrible people. And at the end, well, I've, no, I told you that issue. I can say it again, so fuck you. When he's just like, I can hear another heart beating in here, and it was Spider-Man. I was just like, ooh, shit's going down. Didn't and then they do saw one him. where he uh, met with Punisher, and Punisher was making fun of him? Yeah, yeah, and then it end, and then that ends with the best. There was my phone wallpaper for months, because he just had to escape, so he just grabbed a T-shirt. And this is what I was about to say before. Daredevil's great, but give him a bomb to dispose of. Saying, "Cut the red wire." He doesn't fucking know. He's blind. He can't. He can't do that. But it, so yeah, he just picks up the Punisher shirt on the way out, and then he's just kicking ass with a car door with the Punisher shirt on. And I was just like. Chip Zdarsky's writing it so well, and that Chichetto's drawing it so eloquently. Oh, I mean, Spider-Man shows up again in this book, uh, which was a really cool moment because he was just like, "Get the fuck out!" Oh it? yeah, he I just, thought they were gonna go. He squared up to. I him, thought they were it? gonna go, and I thought you're gonna lose. It's is really interesting dynamic though, because going back to the latest issue of Amazing Spider-Man, where it references that Daredevil stopped him from crossing that line once. So mm. what you know, where's Spider Man coming from from this? Is it a bit hypocritical or I don't know, I think it's heart's heart in the right place because yeah, he killed someone. So Spider Man's still pissed off about that. Like, he's taking the moral high ground. Yeah. Yeah. He said that's like, it because Spider Man like... hasn't accidentally killed anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but he does he says you're gonna ruin it for the rest of us people in masks. That's his thing. It's a whole secret identity thing. All the other people like Luke Cage and everyone going around New York, they don't have secret identities and they've killed people. But yeah. it's something about them being... Well, we're going to get a really interesting story in this now, aren't we? Because he's being taken to trial as a masked vigilante. You know, you know he's he's allowed to be... Yeah, they, they recognise his identity. Daredevil. I loved that. Because I, I was like, okay, how is this going to work? What angle are they going to take here? And that's really interesting. I like that a lot. 
How many people now in like in I don't know so much so in like DC, but I feel like there's not many masked like secret identity heroes. You I can think off the top of my head: Batman, Spider-Man, Daredevil. Everyone knows who the X Men are. Yeah, that's what I mean. Everyone Fantastic knows. Four. I feel like everyone knows who everyone is. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of a a dying art, the secret identity. Well, even the last Spider-Man film, they just were like, you know what, we can't keep this up any longer. It's Peter Parker. Yeah, Which that was we'll funny as fuck because that kid told everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the first yeah. thing he said, the first thing he said to Captain Marvel was, "I'm Peter Parker." I'm Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Hey, Peter Parker, have you seen that?" Um... It, well, it's not a meme, is it? It's like a, what do they call it, a, a Vine, that like five second video where it's like, it's that scene from Endgame and it's like, uh, hey, Peter Parker, you got something for me? And then like the Pornhub intro comes up. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, But yeah, he no. told everybody. So I, I don't even feel sorry for him. No, yeah, I think, yeah. The, but then that's the rumor, isn't it? That then Daredevil's going to come in. I saw, well, I saw... A, and I got like kind of like frustrated. It said like, "On, oh, we got this cut." Well, this was the thing. It was like, "There's gonna be, they're gonna recast Daredevil for this film." And I read it was on wegotthiscover.com, and I was like, "Ah, oh, that means shit. That doesn't mean anything." Wegotthiscover.com is famous for like red herrings and just aggravating people. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, do we want to talk about Daredevil issue twenty one anymore? Or I mean, I feel like. We, I mean, even for me, I feel like we've covered a lot. Well, actually, one thing I, I was going to say is, are, are you enjoying Daredevil Field Mouse? You said you're reading it. Are you enjoying it? Good. Oh, yeah. I was very surprised with how good Chip Zdarsky's been doing it. Yeah, I, I think... I, I wanted to mention, because you talked about uh, the blue wire, red wire, blue wire thing with him. I like it when writers bring up that, because, uh, what was it? A, a few writers ago, one of them had a situation where someone was trying to ter- tell Daredevil about something that happened and they handed him a tablet. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in the costume, so he's not supposed to tell him that he's blind, but they handed him the tablet and he's like, I have no idea what I'm looking at, but I heard somebody describing it from like a couple blocks away. So I was like, oh yeah, I recognize that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, tablet, he'd be fucked. Yeah, he can do newspapers, but not tablet. Yeah. Again, this is another argument for printed media, not digital. Help Daredevil out. <laughs> That's, That's a right. good segue, actually, because I'm just about to talk about another DC digital first book. Uh, it's called Shazam Lightning Strikes, and that's pretty good, too. What's it about? Shazam. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> about um, it's kind of, it's kind of um, another like anthology thing. I think that's kind of like right. the, uh, the idea for these digital books, you know, to just dipping in and out of what's make, written what, by Dan Jurgens, who I enjoy. What's making me sad about all this DC stuff is I'm literally opposite your t- Tales of the Teen Titans Judas Contract signed issue and at the bottom left corner is a bright little white rectangle that says in it, the new DC. There's no stopping us now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there is. <laughs> I think you're slowing. Something, something's giving. Uh, what, else? what else have people been reading? I feel like should, I, we, should we talk about the free comic book day books? I mean, yeah. How many of these have you read, Field Mouse? Oh, one. One. Which one? X Men. See, I've only read the Spider Man one. Oh uh, well, we talked about that in the last episode. Basically, I was indifferent to the X Men, 
yeah. story, but absolutely loved oh, the, yeah. the Tom Taylor Dark Ages sneak peek. Yeah. Like, that got me really excited. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to pay for that X-Men story. It was okay, but... Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah it was barely I, an introduction. I know to what anything. tarot cards are. It's okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the Spider-Man book, because I really enjoyed this. Half of it was Venom by Danny I'm, Cates. I'm and... sorry, I felt like it was stolen by Venom. Like, I didn't feel like... I wasn't bothered about the... I, I love Black Cat to bits. Um, secret little crush on her, I'm not going to lie. But... I was like, nah, that's that's an all right story. I'm I've, all right. I really enjoyed that, mostly because of Patrick Gleason's art. I'm a huge fan of his, and absolutely love the way it looked. I thought it was, you know, perfectly fine, fun little story with Black Cat and the Vulture. Great stuff. You know, got me appetite wet. And then you move on to the Venom thing, and it's like, <laughs> oh shit, this is where it gets serious. Yeah. Uh, so we get first appearance from a new character called Virus, which is a bit on the nose, isn't it? at the moment uh, wow. <laughs> and it basically looks like iron man venomized kind of um which seems like it's going to be interesting because at the at the end he kind of throws him a pumpkin bomb doesn't he yeah he throws a pumpkin bomb and goes off on the goblin glider so i'm kind of like another to... mysterious spider-man character who are you mm. <laughs> but I, I feel like donny cates is going to get there quicker than nick spencer yeah definitely i, I mean i really liked absolute carnage so I feel, and then he's got the whole null thing coming up as well. I said an yeah. interesting thought: the more first appearances these uh, creators can make, the uh, more money they can make at signings. Ah, uh, that's it, isn't it? That's why yeah. Rob Liefeld was pissed off at Marvel because, <laughs> because uh, what what's it called? Uh, shit, what's that shitty ass character he made recently that was supposed to be Cable? Uh, X Man. No, it was. Um... Major X. Major X. I uh, bought like five copies of issue one of that. As well. <laughs> and it was dog and it's not his first appearance. What? Where was his first appearance? <laughs> they did some book like in one of the, I don't know if it was like a Spider-Man's annual or some shit. In some book some... where someone yeah, always... drew him in the background with a bunch of other characters. And it pissed off Leafield because that took away his... Uh, <laughs> His first appearance. <laughs> oh wow! Amazing. Yeah, that was that. Was... <laughs> so you don't even have. You've got five issues of not even the first appearance. So yeah, then... I may as well throw them in the bin because they were shite. It was. Um, did, did you read the uh, the free comic book day image book that I gave you? Skybound. Uh, Robert Kirkman. Chris Samley. I haven't yet. No. no. Uh, no. Well. I wouldn't recommend it. It wasn't. It wasn't great. <laughs> I've given it to you, but I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I just I'm not thought, like chlamydia. But I just thought Robert Kirkman. You know, he's he's renowned for stuff, isn't he? Uh, and I, I wasn't too fussed on that. I, I finally read The Boys Issue One because that was a reprint that came out. Oh, see, I free, have read oh, that, but I didn't read the Free Comic Book Day edition of it. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, both both of you guys have always pushed this book on me. You know, and Abby's uh, read it. Uh, Is it too much just, for you? I it was okay, but it, honestly, it doesn't make me want to read anymore. I just want to watch the show. I just think the show is better. I don't know. Oh god, that is a wrong sentence if I've ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> Something that made me laugh though was at the end of this book, they've got like they've obviously reprinted all the trades, hmm. and they've got like the photo covers from like characters from the show. And they're all making expressions like they've just smelt something, like really <laughs> gross. Like, yeah. look at Frenchie. 
And like you, you see the original covers, and it's like just get them to smile or something. Do the, the, do same, the same expression. Thing, yeah. Like I mean, what is going on here? Like, yeah, I'm with you on that. There is about. I hate about three people there who are trying to look menacing. Mother's but milk. They look as threatening as a bird. Something. No, Abby didn't like it either. Um, she's read the whole trade, the first one, and she didn't want to carry on. Um, she doesn't want to watch the show because of that too. She just needs uh, that uh, over the topness. I just, I don't know. I'm just, just not her thing, and it's not, it's not evidently my thing either. But I really love the show, but just not. I just don't connect to the book at all. I don't really like Garth Ennis, so and I don't like the art, so yeah. Sorry, guys. Bold, bold statement. Did you read this? I know Filmhouse didn't read anything apart from X-Men. They brought out another Stranger Things one. I don't know why, but they keep doing it. Um, This one's a kid-friendly one, written by Greg Pak, who's... He's done Doctor Who, I feel. He was Hulk, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. It was okay. But again, it's with Stranger Things. What do you do with those characters in that story? Because it's been done in the show it's so tightly you can't deviate too much because yeah. it, fe- it ruins the continuity of so, the show yeah you, so, you've got so many rules it's, all, not, it's pointless all this story is about is it's called erica's quest and it's about how you know when they infiltrate the russian secret base thing yeah so erica apparently stole like some of that top secret green shit right and um, so and then she had her D&D books taken off her, confiscated by her mum. So uh, she wants to sell this green stuff to make some money to buy her D&D books back. Right. Um, and then all that happens is, you know, ju- uh, Dustin and Scoops Ahoy, what are they called? Uh, oh, the, yeah, the two, the two main yeah. teenagers. They, they turn up and then Dustin just throws it on the floor and smashes it. And then she has a cry... And then they say, oh, it's all right. You can use our D&D books. And that's it. Brilliant. And it's like, it, they could be anyone. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It didn't matter. Like, it didn't have to even be in that universe. It's so, I don't know. And then there's a Minecraft story, which I'm sure Aiden will like. But yeah. Oh, uh, did you read? Yeah, he didn't read it. Cause... <laughs> every every time. Did you read? And we've both said we've only read one, Chris. Right, so I know Filmhouse is a big fan of Aftershock comics, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Ark Instinct was the one they brought out, which is a Cullen Bunn book. Um, that this is really weird, really weird. It's like Noah's Ark. I give it to JB to have a look through. Bizarre. But it's like Noah's Ark, but instead of like the, like nice animals that they sh- you throw on there, it's all these like monsters and like. Sounds like the first woman from Saga. And it's it's really it's a weird story because it's like. She's this spider woman is like recreated, you know, she's procreated, she's got eggs, and they're like, Oh, great, you know, this is the whole point of doing this arc thing. And then she ends up just eating their babies because she's a monster, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so bleak and weird. And the art is strange, yeah, it's and... animosity, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so that was weird. Um new Power Ranger book from Boom Studios called The Road to Ranger Slayer. Now, I'm a fan of these Power Rangers books, I think, you know, because I, I loved the show as a kid. However, making Power Rangers dark and gritty in, like, an alternative future where Tommy was always the evil Green Ranger, he's now Lord Dracon. It's not... 
It's not my Power Rangers. It's not fun. <laughs> it, they've gone DC. Um, and, you know, they've got, like, the, the Black Ranger has gone all, like... Military. They've gone on military and uh, Bulk. Bulk's like on the run with Kimberly, and they're like the resistance now, basically. They're called the Coinless. Is this um, set like an alternative? Yeah, it's right. It's, okay, it's so it's like an Elseworld Power Rangers yeah, story. Yeah, which usually, you know, I love Elseworld stuff, but it's not Power Rangers. It's too dark and gritty. It's like, do you remember that fan film they did with James Vanderbeek? Yeah, on YouTube. It's like it's like that, which I loved at the time, but yeah, I just. It's too dark and gritty for my liking. Um, and now Lord Dracon has got his claws into Kimberly, and she's now going to be the Ranger Slayer. So she's bad now. Um, yeah. Not really impressed with it. So you haven't been impressed by free comic book days so far at all? Not really, no. I mean, I've got My Little Pony here. That was okay. Uh, <laughs> might be a brony now, you yeah. never know. <laughs> um, I didn't like the Archie one. That was pants. Didn't like Captain Canuck. That's always pants. Um, the Wayne books, that was good. Um, Abby actually liked it so much that she bought the trade straight away. She was oh, like, right. I love that. So that did its, job. Job, did its job, you know. Um, Bloodshot, that wasn't good. Exo Manowar, didn't like that either. Um, and then there was a Korean comic by Drawn and Quarterly Presents. A few different stories in there. Ben Allen would love this. Previous guest. Of the pod, I did not obviously. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, DC. This was DC's book that they brought out. What Batman we... Tales, Once Upon a Crime, and Batman Overdrive. It's basically, like... I've heard about the Overdrive one. It's about him like building the Batmobile. Yeah, it's like a young adult thing that DC are doing now. They're doing loads of these. Um, this was good though. In it, uh, it's called. Is it called Primer? And she's a new character. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was like. Um, she has these different like colors of paint, body paint that she's got, right. and they give you different superpowers. So in order to like st- stop this plane from crashing, she's like put three different powers on her. What? So it's like her weakness thinners. <laughs> it was good, man. I like that, but <laughs> the rest of it, not so much. Uh, but that's about it for me. Uh, anything you want to, if you guys want to mention before we wrap up? Um, no, I just normal stuff. Go to talknady.uk and just go on it. Yeah, go on it and listen to our podcasts and go on it and listen to all the other stuff. We did. we did Superman Lives. That was dead interesting. That was hilarious to talk about Superman Lives and what nearly happened. And uh, the other one, what's it called? Tell Me Again. Tell Me Again podcast is doing Watchmen. And that should be out when, by the time this comes out. I feel episode three, they're comparing Watchmen, the theatrical release to the graphic novel. Nice. And um, if you haven't already, go and listen to... Mine and Field Mouse is other podcast. It's on the Skeleton Crew brand podcast network. It's called Ask a Yank, and uh, that's where I ask Field Mouse loads of questions about being an American and is it true? We try All these to weird steal things. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there'll be a new episode out soon. We recorded that uh, last week, I think, that we. So yeah, look out for that. And then obviously Field Mouse, do you want to just tell everyone where to go to check out all your cool stuff? You can come check out Nerd Cult Underground uh, on all of the podcast networks or at uh, Um Get yourself some t-shirts while you're there. Uh, you can check out my band Oliver Twitch at OliverTwitch.net. A-L-L-O-F-H-E-R Twitch. Um, or my 
more nerdy music at offbrandmusic.com. Yeah, I love this shit. Oh, um, and also go check out, um, is it Mouse Vomit? Yeah, Mouse Vomit's on Off Brand Music. Oh, yeah. Have you listened to this? Yes. Yet? So good. Album of the year. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't pay for that one. I won't feel sorry I would. for you. I wish I have. I mean, you still can, but <laughs> no takes back. Sound. I just want you to. <laughs> yeah, so go and follow the show as well on Instagram, Facebook, at Chris Comics Podcast. The Chris's has two S's. It's just how I roll. Um, and you can follow my personal account on Instagram at Chris J Wakefield and go and give the show some likes and reviews. You can listen to all the past episodes on Spotify and Apple podcasts. But um, yeah, so thanks for joining me, both of you. This has been a blast. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, no, thanks for your mouse. It's nice to talk to you rather than, like I said, just hear your voice come through my car speakers and me just pretend I'm interacting with you. (laughs) It's nice to not be like talking shit about you. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) thanks for listening. (laughs) Good night.